Namaskar. Hello and welcome to P Guru's channel. I'm your host Sri Ayer, and let us welcome our guest of the evening, Whale Whale Vetri Whale Abhijit Ayer Mitra. Whale Whale Vetri Whale Abhijit. Whale Whale Vetri Whale. And Vetri Whale Vira Whale to you. By the way, one of Chennai regiments that is their war cry. So it's not just the fact oh. that. Uh, yes, 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 yes. So I, I found it out somewhere else. So. Uh, it, it's like Halla Bowl or, you know, Jai Kali or whatever. So anything, you know, they, these are the, these are all important data points that we should remember. That's the heritage we, we come from. So Abhijit, you wanted to talk about Vistara first and then we can go into the Q&A. So what's happening, bro? Yeah. So I don't know if you guys watch this little trip report. Uh, are you putting the link up? Ah, um, it's in the description. I'm sorry. Okay, yeah. So go check out this description. So what happens yeah. is this guy called uh, Josh Cahill. Now he cribs a bit. That's fine. I, I crib too. So I associate with uh, cribbers in general because, you know, if you're paying business class, you expect a certain kind of service. Uh, anyway, so he's been traveling on Vistara. And as you know, I've been documenting Vistara's uh, fall from being an excellent airline when it started to absolute rubbish now. To the point it's almost as bad as Jet Airways had become just before its collapse. But anyway, it turns out that after his trip reports, a lot of uh, 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 Vistara staff got in touch with him. And it turns out that the reason for the bad quality in the air is bribery, lies and corruption. So apparently everybody on the roster team, the people rostering uh, Vistara staff, you have to agree to split your destination allowance with them. So, you know, if you go to, say, America or London or wherever, you get a certain, well, Paris or London in this case, that's what they've started up. You get uh, a certain uh, dearness allowance kind of thing to help you with the expenses in uh, that destination. And apparently you have to uh, pay half of it or more to the rostering guy in order to get these plum roots. So you can be terrible at your job and you'll still get it. Uh, it's a full-blown spying culture where you're constantly encouraged to keep spying and reporting on your uh, 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 colleagues, which you should think technically would improve service. But no. Why? Because it's cancelled out by the bribery. And the worst part is one of the allegations made against uh, Vistara's rostering is that some of the cabin crew also had to trade sexual favors uh, in return for root allocation. So that's definitely something to look out for. Now, I would have normally would be surprised that this is happening in India in some Chota Mota company. But remember, this is the Tatas. We expect a lot more from the Tatas. I, I know you guys don't like Tata. I love Tata. Uh, and for a Tata company, to have this kind of a work culture is particularly scary. But anyway, go check out the video. There's a lot of him cribbing. Like, you know, I crib on my Twitter timeline every time I'm flying and don't get good service. Uh, but yeah, check it out. Just watch the first part. Well, watch the entire thing because it's got a lot of stuff. But yeah, check it out. So Abhijit, as soon as you walk into the aircraft, do people stand on attention with their hair standing on upright? Oh, here comes trouble. No, 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 no. Never. Uh, you know, the point is when you're getting onto a plane, there's a lot of different experiences you cherish. Right. So, for example, on Air India, uh, they'd be, they won't be very sweet, but they'll go out of their way to help you when you need help. 
So, you know, about three years back when we were going to Israel, my friend Angad, who's an aviation photographer and journalist, uh, he forgot his passport. Right. And this auntie G from Air India, she was she was literally like this elderly auntie G. She went way over and above the call of service. She was like, what a naughty boy you are. I'm going to tell your mother about this. I'm going to tell your father about this. And she shepherded him in 20 minutes through the entire security and immigration process and walked him right to the uh, 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 door of the aircraft. Right. See, that's called service. It comes from the heart. You don't mind that, you know, naggy Indian mother, naggy Indian grandmother attitude. Okay. Uh, I've seen on Air India where they won't, they'll be paying extraordinary attention to the little kids and things like that who will be crying. But that's fine because, you know, that's a part of Indian culture. I know a Western audience might not like it, but they're trying to look after the kids. They're prioritizing the kids to keep them calm so that the rest of the passengers can enjoy their trip. That's fine. You know, in a Western uh, uh, airline, it, it's the mother who will be given the runaround and told to move because she's disturbing passengers and things like that. It's a different service ethic, but I love Air India. Have you ever seen me complain about Air India? Never. Uh, Indigo, on the other hand, is low cost. I mean, they don't pretend to be Fritz. The issue comes when you pretend to be this extremely high-performing airline when your planes are dirty, when your service staff lie, they lie outright. Vistara staff, I've had personal experiences with them lying outright. They're incompetent. They're badly trained. And you get attitude. Right? They give you the Air India cold, uh, this thing, with none of the service uh, ethos that Air India has. Okay. Uh, you know, you have other kinds of service. Singapore Airlines, for example, I've never been a fan of Singapore Airlines, but, uh, you know, you'll always get the fake artificial smile and automated robot service, right? Uh, Lufthansa depends. If they like you, you'll get good service. If they don't like you, you'll get bad service. Turkish is uniformly rubbish. But then there are other airlines that are absolutely lovely. Qatar Airways, I've never had a bad experience. Etihad, I've never had a bad experience. Spicejet or Indigo, for that matter, even though they're low cost, I've never had a bad experience. Okay, the food is not great. But see, there are qualitative ways of evaluating everything. Vistara has been much. failing very considerably in their service department. And I think this video explains a lot why. Um, sorry to butt in there. I thought you were done. Um, I have also had excellent experience with Air India. In fact, sometimes when I got caught during this uh, chakkar of getting vaccination and all that stuff, they they handheld me and walked me through to the place to take the test. My phone wasn't working for some reason, India phone. And and they the guy said, okay, you give it to me and I'll show him his message on pass or fail. So people so, go the extra mile. So, very, so very you know, nice. on the... On, on that direct uh, Air India route from New York to Delhi, yes. I think it's AI 101. It's a flagship route. Uh, you know, there's this uh, website called airliners.net that we, all of us aviation geeks, subscribe to. And there was an amazing report by a professional airline auditor who was saying how there was this Bangladeshi lady who started crying uh, uh, because she was leaving her son. And, you know, the airline staff came, they hugged her, they comforted her, they opened her food and tried to feed her her food. See, you can't buy that experience. It comes purely from the heart. 
and no matter how if they give you they pour your drink too fast or they serve you in plastic cups it doesn't matter because when you see that kind of genuine care for your passengers it just wipes everything else out here there's none of that so i think air india i i i now dread the future of air india if uh, it's uh, singapore airlines and vistara culture that that's going to be implemented out there all right let's jump into the questions now first question from kanda batata what is your opinion on the bucha massacre bucha yeah uh, listen you we can't hear you we can't hear you abhijit you have muted yourself abhijit you have muted yourself can you unmute yeah can you hear me now yes 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 everything that i'm seeing about the bucha massacre is that it's a ukrainian massacre remember the russians withdrew on the 30th for that entire period of the russian occupation uh, 5g oh, sorry 4g was operational and you had uh, 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 camps nothing recorded no nothing now uh, the mayor of bucha is on record talking about oh the russians have left and things like that he doesn't mention any massacre and things the first regiment to go in ukrainians to go into bucha are azovs okay uh, there are ukrainian newspaper clippings saying that they're looking for russian collaborators notice everyone killed has a white armband on their thing that was the civilian way of showing we support russia there's a little girl who's wearing a russia armband little girl about 7 to 8 i've just tweeted the image out who was raped gang raped and killed why would russia kill its own supporters and how does russia kill its own, rape and kill its own supporters 7 days after leaving the city note today moscow called for an emergency un security council meeting on bucha the united kingdom which is now the head of the un security council refused to do so what are they so scared about i think after all those bogus uh, chemical attacks in syria uh the weapons of mass destruction etc etc you need to be very very careful with uh, taking anything uh, 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 america uk and the nato say uh, i for one will not trust anything sometimes to my own detriment i believe the russians when they said that they're not going to invade that's fine uh, it, it's a judgment call i for one i'm not believing this bullshit it's the ukrainian forces that carried out the massacre Shivam Goyal wants to know do you think that there would be a civil war between hindus and muslims like that of sri lanka where the war was between tamil and native sri lankans in the next 50 years yes highly likely yes yes uh, uh, you see increasing radicalization and things like that i think the issue has been that when the overwhelming majority of muslims are not radical they don't have a way out they have to conform because they live in sheer fear when you have a state that does not have the rule of law that does not incentivize people to leave tyranny and speak up where murderers are allowed to go scot free then this is what you end up getting so you're it's, it's essentially the tyranny of the uh, uh, intolerant minority where a large part of that minority doesn't agree with it but you have not given them any escape route you have not given them any legal protection and so they're in a stop uh, they're in a hostage situation with these guys 
and they are radicalizing at a pace where yes i think you will see a next civil war a kind of civil war a civil insurgency really yeah and uh, neeraj kulkarni wants to know pertaining to the role italy in history aim did express views on the roman imperial era what about the renaissance era city republics venice florence etc also the reunification era mazzinini garibaldi uh what do you want to know my view about them i think he wants you to kind of draw you want to talk about the renaissance era like the city republics like venice and florence and so yes on. but what there's so much to talk about <laughs> um uh, you're right neeraj ne- next time please tell me specifically what you want to talk about ask me a question don't ask me to just comment on philosophy you know that's like to be or not to be am i or am i not cogito ergo sum i think therefore i am i mean i don't know where to start and where to end so please ask me specifically what you want to uh, talk about sir why did the osho oslo peace accord oslo oslo not osho <laughs> failed okay oslo oslo uh, peace accord israel and palestine failed and was peace deal proposed by trump and bb the best deal seen the present condition and ground reality yeah so this is something everybody had predicted well not everybody but a few smart people had predicted even then what was the core of the oslo peace accord land for peace okay that israelis would give back land to palestinians and in return palestinians in the arab world would make peace now the problem is what is peace land is a tangible we know what land is but what is peace okay so what happened was uh, when you say peace what yasser arafat and his cohorts were doing was they would encourage civil attacks and suicide bombings in arabic against uh, uh, israelis but uh, they would in english uh, say oh we condemn it and they would absolve themselves of all responsibility now when you control an area uh, you are responsible for everything that comes out of it especially when you've been given police powers and they never used to so it came to a point where you know uh, the israelis just decided that this fellow was negotiating in bad faith he wasn't worth negotiating with and uh, because the attack simply went stopping and the moment you build these security barriers what the palestinians call the apartheid wall or whatever the attack stopped miraculously right so uh there, there was a reason that that deal failed now how did trump overcome this well trump stopped listening to the so called experts okay he went for the outside view and sometimes you know when you become an expert you get so caught up in micro detail and nuance you forget the bigger picture and what trump saw was the bigger picture he's like why is everybody everybody was fed up with the palestinians the saudis no longer like the palestinians in fact if you go to saudi arabia they treat palestinians like dirt the emiratis didn't like the palestinians they also treat palestinians like dirt uh, nobody actually liked the palestinians because they felt that uh, uh, the palestinians were scoring own goals that the palestinian leadership was corrupt rotten uh, unserious and basically living off uh, a, a, a sort of ngo regime floating on private jets from five star hotel lobby to hotel lobby living off victimhood which none of these people liked the critical shift came with mbs because mbs is extremely transactional he loves doing deals and the emiratis wanted to do it but they would never take the lead on this they needed saudi arabia to take the lead 
So once Saudi Arabia pretty much approved it, Trump was like, he just went up to them and said, guys, why are you, there is so much for you to gain. Iran is the big enemy here. Why are you bogging yourselves down with losers if you think they're losers? And that was a proposition that they really liked because they got security guarantees. They got guarantees that there would be no sanctions against them by other Arab states uh, or Muslim countries, etc., etc. And it worked brilliantly. So it was bypassing of the Palestinians entirely because of the failure of the Palestinian leadership. Ask Abhijit, AK wants to know, is it true you once said if government can privatize Air India, you will eat your yellow t-shirt on Jaipur Dialogues? Yes, I did. And I said, if they privatize Air India by a certain date, which yeah, they did not. That date has passed, yes. That date passed. So, so you escaped on technicality. technicality. So you escaped I on escaped technicality. On technicality. All yes. right, all right. Well, you know what they say, technicality is nine-tenths of the law. <laughs> I thought that was possession. <laughs> Well, possession is technicality, you know. <laughs> All right. AM uh, talks about infantry can defeat cavalry. Machiavelli, while thinking Italy, discourses on Livy, giving examples from ancient battles, raises a similar point. Any thoughts on this? Infantry can defeat cavalry. What can I say? Great minds think alike. But to be fair, Machiavelli was quite the loser, like me. Huh? Yeah, he was completely alienated from power, thrown in jail, and tortured, like me. You know, uh, <laughs> uh, and uh, <laughs> you you seem to have regained your weight with a vengeance, though. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. And uh, uh, he, you know, Machiavelli wasn't taken seriously in his day uh, at all. Uh, his uh, 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 popularity is much after his death. He had zero impact on policy. But yeah, uh, thoughts on this? Well, everybody's known for a very long time, except apparently Indians, that cavalry could very easily be defeated if you knew how to do it. Remember, the adage always is, it doesn't matter what you fight with. What matters is how you fight with what you have. Aditya B wants to know, how can the dollar hegemony be defeated? Aditya, how long have you been watching P-Gurus? You know, I don't answer questions on sports and fiscal and financial issues uh, because I know nothing about these. So me talking about uh, uh, dollar, uh, dollar and any fiscal issue is like Swati Chaturvedi or uh, Rana Ayub talking about journalism. <laughs> Aditya Tripathi, what's Kazakhstan's take on Rusi-Ukraine conflict? Look, on one hand, they're extremely grateful because they believe the Russians prevented a, uh, uh, a colored revolution uh, just a few months back. If you remember, the streets of Astana uh, and Almaty were on fire. They were trying to take over things in a people's coup or whatever, and Russia had to intervene to stop it. On the other, they've heard some truly alarming statements come out of Russia's parliament asking for the annexation of Kazakhstan, which has really rattled them. Uh, they don't support what has happened in Ukraine because they're very scared it could be done to them. Uh, on the other hand, they're so dependent on Russia for security that they can't say much. 
but air astana which is their uh, national airline has stopped all flights to russia because they couldn't get insurance cover uh, look you can always find insurance cover i think the uh, you know air india still flies to moscow the main thing is uh, uh, you uh, uh, you don't cancel flights to moscow unless you're expressing displeasure so that's what kazakhstan's take has been Aditya wants to know again good youtube channels to follow for international relations there is none boss uh, you know it's just keep just keep watching whatever you come across pretty much uh, i follow uh, geopop caspian report uh, america uncovered and china uncensored uh those are four very decent channels to follow i disagree with them very frequently but that's fine I mean, you can disagree at least do their research well bandar karnik wants to know abhijit your take on whether yuan ruble trade gets the usa to launch a hot war for protection of dollar hegemony or the path ahead will be still diplomatic and covert and proxy wars finance question boss <laughs> sorry uh, next question please abhijit sudhakar wants to know is she guara overrated why are his t-shirts still famous was his cause justified okay let's go one by one let's go one yeah. by one uh che guara was a loser across the board uh the only thing he was good at was torturing people he was an extremely sadistic sick fellow who deserved to be in a uh uh Uh, I think we covered it, did we? I think he is with. It's already been answered. But you finish one thought, oh. and we'll go on. Yeah. Okay. Can you bring the question up again? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so he was a real piece of shit. Uh, why are his t-shirts famous? Because of the great uh, uh, communist way of taking the worst kind of losers and turning them into heroes. Okay. uh you see this with umar khalid i i was actually i i fell for it i actually supported umar khalid till i saw all the whatsapp texts uh was his cause justified no he was never justified he was a sick 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 a truly sick man if you read up all the things he did you realize exactly how sick he was he achieved nothing in his life by the way okay he achieved nothing um and what makes the kim family successful for three generations the sheer level of control they're willing to prioritize survival over everything else that's what makes them successful and remember uh, they were ahead of south korea till 1979 they were a fully industrialized country they had the second highest per capita income in asia after japan so people don't think that they have advanced technology but they have enough advanced technology look at the missile they just uh, launched last week it has a range of 15000 kilometers that's more than what india has been able to achieve and the trajectory of their missiles uh, the development trajectory has been much shorter it's been 1/10 the length of the indian not 1/10 but about 1/5 the length of the indian missile development program next, next question please okay next question please kanda batata kanda batata whatever uh, what's your favorite narrow body and wide body aircraft okay my favorite narrow body aircraft is the uh, a220 which used to be the bombardier uh, 
C three hundred and wide body aircraft. I'd have to say, uh, I want to say the A three fifty because it has beautiful wings, but I really do prefer the seven eight seven to fly in. To look at, it's the triple seven, the Boeing. Yeah. Uh, I've always hated the A330 and the A340. Uh, the A350 is better, but there's just something about Boeing interiors which makes it nicer. I think Boeing planes just look better. I, I kind of like A380, especially the way Emirates have designed it. That's nice. the ugliest... Dude, that's yeah, like tasteless sorry. on the inside. It's so bling bling. Yeah, yeah you know, you are. It's a clientele that you're serving, my friend. Uh, I, 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 for one, like their business class uh, seating and all that stuff. Much more comfortable. Anyway, that's just a personal choice. What you are uh, telling, sir? Like in ninety uh, percent of the cases, Emirates fleet, not on the A three eighty, but in the rest of the Emirates fleet, you don't even have direct aisle access. Uh, you 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 won't fly on a Qatar or Etihad flight that doesn't have direct uh, aisle access and things like that. I, and all that gaudy gold and wood finish, uh, bad wood finish. Etihad does very good uh, uh, wood finish. You know, these people do very bad wood finish. Qatar also does very good wood finish. But yeah, I I don't like. Yeah, well, I never like the you, you know, my, my biggest problem with the A380 was the size of the windows. They're like tiny windows. Mm -hmm. They're huge on the inside and they're tiny on the outside. All right. Uh, Aditya Ayer wants to know, why are Muslim liberals like Tariq Fatah and Arif Ajakia not taken seriously at all by majority of the Muslim population? They're taken very seriously. Who told you they're not taken seriously? Uh, but they're watched in private and giggled at because they don't know what the consequences of supporting them publicly are. Venu, seeing what happened in Gorakhpur today, is a coordinated Muslim uprising on the cards in India? No, I don't think so. Look, uh, I, I think there's a whole load of nonsense that, you know, uh, 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 that uh, uh, the, what happened in Gorakhpur uh, today is, uh, mind you, most people are absolutely quiet on it. Uh, the people who blame uh, BJP for every attack that happens on Muslims, technically, they should be taking the blame for this particular attack, right? Technically, every single Muslim attack in India should be the uh, fault of Zubair or Saema or that Swara Basket or whatever her name is or uh, uh, what's her name? The actress, that's it. Uh, 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 that creature. So, uh, uh, w what do you do? Uh, are they being radicalized by these narratives? Yes. But like I said, if there is, are we heading towards a second civil war? Yes. But we have to introspect and see why we're heading towards it. Why are we not busting the narrative? Why is the PMO so bad on countering narratives, why are they so bad on law and order where they don't give protection to prevent something that's obviously going to happen at some point of time. When we say Muslim uprising, I don't think it'll be an uprising. I think it, it'll more... I, well, that, that's a completely separate thing uh, on what shape and form it'll take, but that's a very long discussion for a different day. 
Mr. Lee wants to know, who all did Victoria Nuland visit on her visit to India last month? Is there a smoking gun yet of US pursuing aggressive subnational diplomacy aiming at balkanization of India? Mm, let's be clear, subnational diplomacy will balkanize India. But have you seen the government doing anything to stop it? No. They're pursuing subnational diplomacy, by the way. Uh, and the government's done nothing to stop it, incidentally. Uh, Victoria Newland met some lefty activists. Uh, <coughs> and she gave an interview to, uh, uh, you know, the uh, uh, official Naxal Islamist channel of India, NDTV. And she met some low-ranking officials. I don't think she met anyone high-ranking. Venkata Ramanan Ganesh wants to know, what do AM and Sri think about Swedish company IKEA? They are going, growing in India and known to work with a lot of NGOs. Something to take note of? Look, I'm a fan of IKEA products. I'm not a fan of IKEA work culture. Uh, I have not heard about the NGOs, Venkata Ramanan, but I will research. But as a rule, if... Uh, Companies work with NGO and do a lot of moral grandstanding. I refuse to buy from them. IKEA has good good uh, entry level products. If somebody who's starting starting to make a home where you pay so much money to get your house, you don't have a lot of money le left around for other things such as pots and pans and stuff like that. IKEA is good. Uh, other than that, look, you know, IKEA IKEA is also very well designed. I think the issue with IKEA is always putting it together. It's a nightmare to put together, uh, <coughs> which was always my problem with IKEA. But I think their designs are brilliant. Amay Tandon wants to know, Abhijit sir, in, a, in regards to Ukraine war, you said once Europe is still deeply racist at core. Does that apply to common populace as well? Yes, it does apply to the common populace. Look, you don't have to be racist at a personal level, but you can uh, fall for institutional racism at the state level. Okay, for example, if the governments of all these countries had ignored what was happening in Ukraine, you wouldn't have seen this outpouring of support by the people. The problem in Europe is more than racism. There is residual racism in governments. But it's more to do with the fact that in Europe, trust in governments is much higher than in America. They trust their government blindly. In Europe, unlike, say, in America, where you have Tucker Carlson and a whole bunch of right-wing Twitter, which is refusing to back Ukraine. Uh, in Europe, you're not seeing that. Because governmental trust is so high that even when they get lied to, they trust the government. So partially, it does mean there's trickle-down racism, where unknowing racism, not at a personal level, but definitely at a, uh, a state level. Uh, but no, it does not validate CRT. Uh, it, it doesn't validate CRT at all. Uh, because if you're talking about CRT as a uh, 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 as sort of inherited racism, uh, no. But the view that Europe is unique and superior is institutional in the EU memory. But it has it doesn't have anything to do with race per se. Very frequently it gets tangled with geopolitical interests like the European geopolitical interest in destroying Russia. 
Next question, please. Ishan Sharma wants to know, to both of you, after witnessing the recent events in Maharashtra, do you think that MNS now will have a big role in Maharashtra politics after SS secular turn? No, I don't. I don't think MNS is going anywhere. Uh, and I think if the votes are going to get redirected because of Shiv Sena's secular turn, it's going to go to uh, uh, um, the BJP, not to the MNS. Humanity First wants to know, tensions with all countries, but some countries are really so weak. So why China won't invade them and why they indulge with India only? Why Wang Yi and all people coming to India suddenly? I didn't understand the question. Why doesn't China invade countries because they're weak? Why would you do that? Uh, you, you know, you don't invade countries just because you can. Uh, and indulge with India only means what? I, I'm sorry, I, humanity. I think he may be referring to countries like Nepal and you know, Sri Lanka. I think they've all tried their hand with China. And I think at some point they kind of see that it's not going anywhere. And, and or either look, that or they see... so, so, so look, this is ultimately if you go to the streets of Nepal or Bangladesh or anything, they'll always tell you that they'd much rather deal with India than with China. They will use China against you. Uh, but, you know, I think it was Koirala, the Prime Minister of Nepal, or before him, I forget now, who said, uh, Nep yeah. uh -huh. Nepal is surrounded by two dogs. The dog to our north doesn't bark, but it bites. The dog to our south only keeps barking, it never bites. Mm. Uh, you know, so that kind of explains it. They will wag their tails with India because India tends to be extremely benign with these things. They won't dare wag their tail with China. But remember, when push comes to shove, they will any day prefer India to China. And some of them do wag their tails with China. Burma especially is notorious for taking the Chinese for a ride and screwing them over. And why is Wang Yi coming to India? Well, mostly to do with Ukraine. Next. <clears throat> Next question, please. Abhijit Sudhakar, one suggestion. Could you write a book on military history as one you discuss in your Turks podcast or ARC podcast or with Kushal? Would be good for future reference. Yeah, Baba, but time is what I See, I have decided I want to retire at the age of 50. So I have to finish earning all my money till I'm 50 and then I'll probably consider writing these books at leisure time because till then I've got to earn money so I can retire at 50. I'm almost there where I can retire at 50, but 50 is set in stone that I want to retire at 50. <laughs> uh, Sandman 306. Would I would like to change opinion on the tradition of record keeping in India. My surname is Kandapal, which in Garwali dialect means one who keeps record of events. You should check what is Bahi. But he's interest, right? I don't know. So change okay. opinion. I, I don't know what the question there was. I think the world over, if you remember, we have last names which basically tell what they do. Smith, yeah, Butcher, but, but the thing, yeah, fine. You may be a record keeper, but how lasting are your records? How accessible are they? What's the point of writing down a record on palm leaf if it disintegrates in two to three years? What's the point of storing it without archiving it where you can't access it when it's needed? 
right right ashish sharma wants to know why has the bjp rss failed to build a hindu civilizational discourse in tamil nadu while the dmk has been able to turn a fraudster like evr into a hero hmm uh mostly because the bjp rss just don't get tamil nadu okay uh i, I still think i know everybody is talking up uh, anamalai and things like that but i still think they don't get tamil nadu politics uh the dmk fundamentally does remember evr wasn't a tamil he was a, a foreign import who was then passed off as tamil and the only ground that uh, this dravidian ideology could gain was in tamil nadu all the other three so called dravidian states rejected it completely totally without exception right now uh, each narrative each discourse appeals to a certain psyche the justice party at that time was able to turn it into a narrative that appealed to the tamil psyche the bjp rss i mean first of all the bjp wasn't around but the rss was they simply didn't understand how different the tamil psyche is and yet very similar uh, but they didn't understand the nuanced differences i think anamalai does to some extent but i think the hand he's been dealt means that he won't be able to deliver as much as people expect from him next question please AK wants to know how the left Congress and Islamist ecosystem was able to pin Gujarat riots on 2002, while in the past riots were not blamed on sitting CMs or PMs. Well, they were blamed on CMs and PMs. I think they just, uh, especially Rajiv Gandhi, took a lot of flak. I don't think you remember how much flak uh, was given to him for the 84 riots. the problem was he was able to buy them off by throwing lots of money at them in gujarat the issue was that <coughs> the people who the congress was throwing money at the congress continued to throw money at more than uh, uh modi would or wanted to uh and so they just continued the campaign and the campaign continues now 20 years down the line 21 years down the line Uh, any book recommendations yeah read madhukeshwar's book madhukeshwar's book is on the riots is the one to read dilip wants to know abhijit or sri there is a trend of muslims promoting religious posts or related to palestine or even professional networks like linkedin are literate muslims getting more radical no uh, what's happening is uh, n- not just muslims hindus also look hindus are much more interested about what happens to hindus abroad these days so the more connected you get and the greater your disposable income the more you tend to connect with similar people across the world it's not a sign of radicalization it's just a sign of connecting with similar people globally uh jay wants to know sir are bhutto and sharif family moderate muslims or are they also islamist and terror supporters like imran khan look the sharif family is definitely i mean look i i'm when i say principles i'm talking very relative this is all relative in politics to have principles is like a suicide but uh, i'd say the sharif family is much more based they're definitely not radicals at all uh, they're very moderate muslims the puttos are even more moderate muslims in their personal life 
but because they have a whole history of a debauchery and what more more public than the sharif family they tend to be a lot more let's say islamist appeasing in their public uh, utterances you know they're shias they have now become sunni or at least for all public purposes they pretend to be sunni they might still be shia in private but the puttos are shia uh, originally they were shia um Uh, remember benazir's mother is iranian right so uh, <coughs> dev um, jinnah was also a shia for that matter bhutto's so basically bhutto's mother also was a hindu yeah bhutto's mother was a hindu and bhutto's wife was an iranian uh but uh, iranian shia by the way uh so basically they are carbon copies of uh, and imran khan is no real muslim huh? uh i mean i i i would qualify as being more muslim than him under certain circumstances uh but uh the buttos are the worst kind of hypocrites like uh buttos and imran khan are the worst kind of hypocrites like uh, jinnah the sharifs are much less hypocritical in that aspect Shri Saxena hypothetically speaking taking into account their current situation if Sri Lanka says it wants to accede to India and becomes a part of India should India agree or not first there are no circumstances under which uh, Sri Lanka will say we want to accede to India and second please stop asking these questions because every time you ask these kind of questions it's usually used by the Sri Lankan media to say oh look India wants to annex us this is just like the stupid russian parliamentarian saying that they should go and annex kazakhstan okay so please stop nursing these wet dreams oh nepal will join india bhutan will join india bangladesh will join india pakistan will join india sri lanka will join india if you actually go to those countries you realize there is zero appetite for joining india and if you say that to them they'll slap you Do you believe India under Bose be like North Korea? Yeah. Uh, but to to Bose's credit he would have industrialized but he would have killed a lot of people. Yes. Last two questions please. Uh, Arjun Singh Bhatti every few months there is news that some or other thing is compromised. Honey trapped army jawan officer employee but never heard of any Pakistani officer leaking info to us are getting honey trapped so you know the the fact that you haven't heard about pakistani officers being compromised would probably have more to do with the fact that their counter intelligence is it very good and the fact that you keep hearing that indian officers keep getting caught means our counter intelligence is extremely good so you know it's it's actually the data point that you're giving me is actually quite a positive data point last question please the third eye of bodhi in kushan's podcast you said intelligent people in india oppose linguistic reorganization of states why do you think it was bad uh because it created a new subnational uh, ethos a new subnational identity in a uh, heterogeneous country like india the last thing you needed at that point was to create subnational currents okay it should have never been done but it was and 
well, I mean, you, you've seen the results in Tamil Nadu. You've seen the results uh, across the board in uh, uh, Bengal now where Mamta wants all the Biharis out and crap like that. Uh, you've seen how people keep getting ethnically cleansed in the Northeast. This is a very, very bad move. Uh, it, it was done by extraordinarily stupid people. I guess that comes uh, to close today's program. Thank you for watching, viewers. Abhijit will try and record the unanswered questions from last week and this week, sometime during this week. and We'll put it up on Channel 2. We will tweet about it. Abhijit, thank you so much. I hope you are feeling better, bro. And uh, we will see you soon. Namaskar. Vail, 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 vail. And vail, 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 vail.